So, uh, so last night uh, was was uh, just one of those coincidental cool nights that kind of tied into what I'm talking about. Um, Kara and I were watching a TV show, and at the end of the show, she says, "Can I watch my show?" And I knew exactly what show she was talking about, so I said, "Yes, you can watch your show." And I took out my iPad and started doing fantasy football. And that show is a TV show called This Is Us. You notice there were only female voices that said words right there. So, so This Is Us, I've heard, I, I, before I ever saw it, before Kara ever saw it, we both had people just rave about it. Oh my gosh, you got to see this show. This show's incredible. You got to see it. And I'm like, yeah, I've never seen it. And then one time I ran into a female friend. Have you seen that show? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, This Is Us. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. She was like, oh my gosh, you got to see it. You are going to cry. In which case, in my mind, I'm like, I will never watch that show intentionally. <laughs> and it's not that I'm anti-crying. I, I cry all the time. I Actually, I love to cry in the presence of the Lord. Certain things touch my heart, and I don't know why. I don't. Certain things that aren't even like of the Lord touch my heart. Like, I, this is the honest truth. You know the song, Chicken Fried? Little bit of chicken fried. You know the song? On a Friday night, pair of jeans that fit just right. You know the song. Come on. All right. I cry. I cry. I'm like, I'll be driving. I'm like, hold it together, man. Hold it together. And it's always the part where they, you know, they bring in like the patriotism, you know, and, and, I, but I do, but I, I'm like, yeah, that just, you know, pair of jeans that fit just right. Wonderful. But here's the thing. I, I think most of us, and I definitely, I, I believe most men, um, man, we're not quick to want to show you tears. We're not quick to want to show you vulnerability. We're, it's, it's just, it's just difficult. But I think that's, a lot of us, it might be that way. See, we don't want to show weakness or we don't want to show vulnerability only in like certain doses, like only in certain safe places or safe settings. I think that's why a lot of times, you know, people struggle with saying, I'm sorry, you know, apologizing because now I've got to admit that I did something and I've got to make myself vulnerable and I've, and it's just hard. We don't want to appear broken. We don't want to appear needy. We don't want to appear weak, which is a shame. It really is a shame because Jesus actually wants us to exhibit those things so that he can be abundant, so that he can be sufficient, so that he can be more than enough, so that he can be strong. If if we think that we can just hold it together and 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 stay the course and not suffer some sort of consequences on the inside of our heart and on our mind and in our emotions, we're wrong. We're wrong. Just as I shared this morning that I just started talking to the Lord. And I did. I promise you. If there was a camera there and, and it was zoomed in on me, you could have read my lips and the dialogue that I had with the Lord. And it brought peace. Just so you guys know, there was one night that Kara's like, baby, put the iPad away. Watch this show. It's so good. And I watched the show. 
Guess what I did? Dang it. I cried. Totally cried. You know, but... And I guess everyone who watches it cries every week. Or, or I mean, Kara asked me last night, are you crying? I'm like, no. No, other than the fact that my running back is not... They're not predicting him to get a lot of points on Sunday. That's sad. If you guys have your, your Bibles or if you have your apps, open to Matthew chapter 5. Um, I want to talk about about being broken and about being needy and about having a desperate need for Jesus. The title of my message is Needing Jesus. And I want you guys to know we will never outgrow the need to need Jesus. We'll never hit a point with it that we don't need Jesus. And if we ever do, that should be a huge red flag. So Matthew, in Matthew 5, we see the beginning of a, a sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And, it, and that Sermon on the Mount be, begins with what we know as the Beatitudes, the blessed are those. You know, they're known as the Beatitudes. And um, our men's Bible study, um, we, we spent, gosh, I don't know, 20-something weeks on... Uh, on Matthew 5 through 7. And it was really, really powerful. Um, I'm going to read this passage, but I want to kind of explain kingdom of heaven because I'm going to talk about the kingdom of heaven real quick. And I want to make clear what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is not heaven. This isn't talking about when we die and we're believers and we go to heaven. When, when, he, when Jesus, this is Jesus talking, this is Jesus preaching. And, and when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's not talking about, you know, in the sweet by and by, when we go from this life to the next. It's talking about the here and the now and the the manifest presence of God that is available to us when we walk alive, a life, and we walk lives that whether we, we, we're giving the Holy Spirit reign of our lives. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, okay? So we're not talking about, you know, um, the... You know, the the security that is knowing that we're going to heaven when we die, okay? So let's read this. Matthew 5, I want to read 1 through 2, and then I'll read 3. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when Jesus sat down, his disciples came to him. And Jesus opened his mouth and taught them, saying... You guys, just if I can pause real quick. When, when Jesus opens his mouth, when our God opens his mouth and has something to say, man, we should be all ears. We should be all ears. We should be in that state of attentiveness. In fact, when we're in the room with him, and, and I know that's kind of a, you know, we're always with the Lord. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But man, when we suspect God's wanting to speak to us, we should just be silent and we should be all ears because our God speaks to us. We speak to him. He speaks to us. So he opened his mouth and he taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is how he began what's known as the greatest sermon ever. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I want to talk about an aspect of that, that poor in spirit. And the aspect I want to talk about is brokenness. 
brokenness. That word is much richer than we think. Blessed are the broken, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This isn't a state of brokenness. Now hear me. This isn't a state of brokenness that requires healing. This is a state of brokenness that requires trust. This is a state of always needing God. This is a state where that when we have nothing to to present him with, to say, Lord, let me show you all that I can offer you right now. Lord, let me show you all of my strengths, all I bring to the table to offer you right now. That's not it. That's not what I'm talking about here. See, there's times that, we, that we've probably all been like, Lord, I, I'm so ready to be used by you and I'm so capable. Lord, here's my resume. You know, I'm, I'm doing well and I'm not doing bad things and I'm really organized and I'm hardworking and my marriage is doing good and this and that and the other. And we rattle these things off. We're like, so here I am, Lord, use me. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about that place where that we are always in need of him. And we say, Lord, you can use me, but Lord, I, I just bring to you the flaws. I bring to you the weakness. I bring to you the unsurety. Lord, I, I bring to you the brokenness. I'm poor in spirit, but Lord, I, I need you. And I'm ready to be used by you. The opening statement of this prayer is not addressing people that are on the top of their game, friends. It's not, a, it's, it's not addressing people that are on their A game and that are, that are solid and polished and man, they're just ready to be used. That is not how he begins this, this message. If you want to read that verse, the very next verse, Verse 4, and I, I don't think we have it up here, but it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In that place of brokenness, when we know we need the Lord, not that place that, that requires healing. I want you guys to hear me on this, but that place of humility, that place of acknowledging He is always faithful even when... I'm not. He's always faithful. His faithfulness is not dependent upon my strength or my faithfulness or my anything. If anyone out there today feels depleted of confidence, depleted of faith or goodness or spirituality, or if you feel like you have very little sense of worth, I just want to encourage you. There's hope for you. Jesus is addressing you in this. David, in Psalm 51, David, we see him cry out to the Lord after committing what I think everyone would agree was just a, just a horrific sin that resulted in murder, Deception. And David cries out to the Lord. And uh, Keith Green was a, a Christian artist back in the day, back in the 
the 70s and I believe the early 80s. I know, and he he died young, but he had a song based on Psalm 51, "Create in me a clean heart." Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. I'd try and sing it, but I'd probably cry because it's one of those songs that just touches my heart. And then David says this in verse 16 and 17 of Psalm 51. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it to you. You would not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And this is the type of brokenness that I'm talking about. David was was forgiven. David had this dialogue, this vulnerable, bare dialogue, talking about his weakness and his frailty and his sin, and he'd been caught by the prophet of the Lord. And then this is the result of it. Friends, I'm telling you, we've got to run to Jesus with our weakness and our vulnerability and our frailty, and we've got to trust him. Lord, I'm feeling this way. Lord, this has really hit me in a in a just a tough way. Lord, I, I feel so ashamed. I did this and Lord, I was going so strong and doing so good. And then lost my temper and or whatever. And the Lord's like, Come to me. Come to me. In Matthew eleven, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, who are exhausted, who are carrying a burden that is heavy and it is weighing you down. Come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon me. Take this harnessing device that links you with me because there's work to be done. Lord, I thought you were talking about rest. I am. I'll get to that in a second. Take this, this yoke upon you. Be linked with me so that we are in step. Let's do this work together and I will give you rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Rest for your mind, for your will, for your emotions. Rest for your soul. Healing for your soul. You guys, when I'm talking about brokenness, let's not be mistaken in what I'm talking about. God wants us whole. He wants us healed. But He wants us constantly in that place of needing Him, of running to Him, of getting strengthened by Him. See, He doesn't want us weak for weak sake, you know, weakness sake, or for acknowledgement's sake. He wants us in that place so that He can constantly be just filling us with the Holy Spirit, so that He can constantly be pouring out His goodness upon us, so that He can constantly be adding to the story that is His faithfulness in our lives. Church, we must never outgrow being broken. When we are broken, we are needing and we are seeking God's attention. Yet it also shows this. He shows that he gets what he wanted. And what he wanted is you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me. And he wants us. And he, he wants to get what he wants. He wants us. 
Guys, the foundation for the inheritance of the kingdom of God is the opposite of pride. Because that brokenness that I'm talking about, it's the opposite of that strong feeling of of self-worth that borders on arrogance. I'm not talking about confidence, because I'm a confident guy. But but there, there comes a point when, when you, you see the border and that we make things about us. We make things about our strength, our righteousness, our whatever. And the Bible refers to that as being filthy. There's a passage I'm going to read in Revelation 3. And basically, I'm going to summarize it before I even read it. It's, it's someone calling out saying, God, look what I can do for you. I'm strong, I'm driven, I'm committed. I'm making all my ability and all my good works available to, to, to you. And you're welcome. Revelation three fifteen through 17. I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. With that, you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. This type of warning, just just hearing it should, should touch our hearts with the humility that says, Lord, I need you so bad. Lord, regardless of the strengths and the goodness and the things I have around me, Lord, I need you and I will never outgrow the need for needing you. Lord, I need you. James 4, 6-10 says, But God gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. That's a mouthful right there. And that is a mouthful right there. Byron, if you could come up, please. He gives more grace. He gives grace to the humble. And then he says, submit yourselves to the Lord. And then, then what we hear is this talk of a vulnerability with the Lord that we're to mourn, that we're to weep, that we're to be vulnerable, that we're to come to Him. Friends, that is part of the submitting process. It's just a hard part of the submitting process. But we are. We are supposed to be vulnerable with the Lord. Be real with Him. If that means crying, then we cry. If that means shouting, then we shout. Whatever it means. But that is part of the submitting ourselves to the Lord process. 
See, what we try and do is we skip that submit ourselves to the Lord part and we go straight to trying to resist the enemy on our own strength. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. You can't just resist the enemy without first submitting yourself, therefore, to God. It says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And and why? Why does he say that right before saying submit ourselves to God? Because it takes humility to do that. It's hard, guys. It's hard to go, Lord, I, I, for once, I just want to be the strong one. I was having a real great conversation with a good friend of mine lately. And she's like, I'm tired of being the needy one. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, sister. Me too. I'm needy all the time. You're needy all the time. We better get used to it. We're always going to be the needy one. And that's okay. God wants it that way. He does. I need him. You need him. And and let me just say this also. And we're not just supposed to think these things. We're supposed to dialogue these things with the Lord. We're not just supposed to just let him. God doesn't want our hearts to be heavy with these things. He wants us to draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. That's, I mean, James 4 is really awesome in, in some really cool things that it sets in place of ways to get the Lord's attention, to get the Lord's grace, to get healing. I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm not there yet. I'm getting more and more comfortable with being the weak one. I'm getting more and more comfortable with being needy. I'm getting more and more comfortable with being vulnerable. I'm getting more and more comfortable with crying and crying out. You guys, Jesus is so good. He's so good. And everything that Jesus thrived at when he walked the earth. He sent the Holy Spirit who now thrives at it right now. And we have the Holy Spirit with us to comfort, to teach, to guide, to empower, to embolden.